Hello everybody and welcome back to Ramblings of a Madman. This is uh, Mark Chicarella, the host, and I'm coming back at you again with another episode, another weekly episode, episode 4. Already a month in. It's going to be a month in, and um, it's been fun. I really look forward to making and creating this podcast every week, and it's um, it's been a lot of fun putting something out there and you know knowing that people are actually listening to it. And yeah, I, I really do appreciate you guys. Um, the episode on Pizzagate, episode 3 that I put out on Thursday of last week, is my most popular episode so far. I mean, I've only had three episodes out, but within two days, episode three surpassed both episode one and episode two. And um, I want to thank you guys for that. Uh, all the new subscribers to my channel on YouTube and everybody who follows me on Spotify. You know, it, it, that that means a lot. That means a lot to me. And thanks to everybody who's sharing and on social media and Facebook and sending it to people to listen so it, it turns out that, you know, you guys were really interested in Pizzagate. Um, a lot of people wanted to hear about that. And, and um, I'm not too sure maybe if that's because you didn't, you guys didn't know about it in the first place or you didn't know too much about it and you were just interested or if you, you know, you were interested in the topic and you just wanted to hear more about it. But either way, I'm thankful for the, for the, the listens that I got. And um, I think I'm going to continue on with that wave that I set last week with the Pizzagate episode, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do another conspiracy theory episode today. And uh, today's episode is going to be not about any one conspiracy theory in in general. It's going to be more so about you know the reasons why I don't trust the government. And I'm gonna I'm gonna list a few big conspiracy theories, or maybe not theories anymore. Um, but I'm gonna list a few big ones that um. That always stuck out to me and, you know, always caused me to question a lot of authority and stuff like that. I'm going to mention a, a book called Behold a Pale Horse, which uh, inspired a lot of, uh, which inspired a lot of early hip-hop artists in, in the 80s and in the early 90s. So yeah, this is going to be, a, you know, a, another good episode. And I definitely plan on getting into another episode or maybe another two episodes on Pizzagate based on, you know, the, the feedback that I've gotten, how interested people are in hearing about it. I mean, I know there's a whole spiritual side that, that we could talk about in regards to Pizzagate and, you know, how the people who are, you know, supposedly or allegedly involved in this in this whole conspiracy are all, you know, have some weird occult ritualistic shit going on. There's also just more information that I could go into and in, on the, you know, the actual factual part of the, of the theory or the, um, I don't like to call it a conspiracy theory because... As I pointed out last week, Pizzagate came true. Whether you're, whether you're um, a conspiracy theorist or not, or you're one of those people who's like, I don't like to call it Pizzagate because people get too caught up in the political things. Yeah, I, me neither. And yet, a lot of people do use Pizzagate as a way to distract you from like what's actually going on. They'll say, Oh, it's the Democratic Party. They're all, they're all pedophiles, and they're all you know doing this Pizzagate shit and. And the, the Democratic Party is one, it's it's deeper than that. And um, a lot of people, you know, run with that. And I think that all, all that does is cause, all that does is cause a distraction. A distraction in regards to actually figuring Pizzagate out and actually getting to the bottom of what the hell is going on here and why these kids are being kidnapped from around the world and sold to, you know, elite people. You know, if we if we're, if we're keep if we're stuck in our in our mind of like the only thing that matters in this world is U.S. domestic politics and Republican and Democrat, we're never going to get to the bottom of the biggest conspiracy theory known to man. 
so that's just my two cents on you know going forward. I'm, I'm gonna maybe put out. I'm definitely gonna put out another episode or maybe two episodes on PCGate. Before I get into the the main topic of today, you know, just, just let's let's catch up on what's happened over the last week. I mean, so many so many wild rumors flying around there in regards to you know Donald Trump and the inauguration. <laughs> I know QAnon is um has that wild conspiracy theory that. Donald Trump is hidden in a bunker underground right now, and uh, he's going to do some big shit with the emergency broadcasting system. He's going to access the emergency broadcasting system and expose all the pedophiles in Washington, D.C. <laughs> now, I don't believe for a minute that's going to happen. Uh, QAnon has been saying ever since Trump got into office, how any minute now he's going to expose all the pedophiles in D.C., all the pedophiles, and he's not going to do it. Because Donald Trump is part of the establishment. Donald Trump is not an outsider like people think he is. You don't get to be that, at Donald Trump's level by being an outsider. It, it, it just doesn't happen. But yeah, so, so apparently there's a big rumor that Donald Trump is going to be doing something huge on Inauguration Day on Wednesday. So only time can tell. I don't believe it's going to happen. Another thing interesting I found this past week, you know, Charlie Robinson's podcast, Macroaggressions. It's a very good podcast, you know, he's a very um, intelligent individual and he puts a lot of effort into his work and research and, you know, he had pointed out a statistic that I had forgotten about, um, a CDC statistic in regards to COVID-19, the coronavirus. Uh, I, I believe the article was put out when back when um, the coronavirus deaths topped 183,000, so the CDC released a statistic that said, basically, that 94% of the deaths at that time from coronavirus were from people who had underlying illnesses, diseases, or, you know, were hit by cars, and they just died with coronavirus. They died with coronavirus, not from coronavirus, and 6% of those, num of those people actually died from the virus. So 94% of the people died with the virus, 6% of the people died from the virus. Now that article, like I said, was from a, from a little bit ago, back when the the, uh, the death count was at uh, 183,000. So the, that was back in late August that the CDC had come out and said that, you know, 6% of the actual total 183,000 deaths were from, were actually people who died from COVID, but 94% of them just died with COVID. So that was at 183,000 deaths. As of this morning, when I was at the gym working out on the elliptical, MSNBC was on the, uh, oh god, MSNBC, MSNBC was on the TV in front of me, uh, at the, at the gym, while I was on the elliptical, and, um, they have, you know, the, the death ticker on MSNBC, and, you know, to scare the fuck out of you, and make you think the world is ending, and keep you watching, and, um, so yeah, they had the death ticker, and apparently we're at 397,000 deaths in the United States from COVID-19. If we use that same statistic from September, you know, 6% of people who act, who are actually dying of coronavirus are dying from coronavirus and not with coronavirus. So that means coronavirus caused their death. So if we do 397,000 397, and we get 6% of 397,000, that would be 23,820 deaths in the United States directly from COVID-19. Not with COVID-19, but from. So that would be 6%. So now let's let's say you know the statistic changed, okay? 
and uh, maybe maybe the statistic went up, you know, so maybe it went up to 10%. So 397,000 and 10% of 397,000 is 39,700. Okay, so now I don't know about you, but to me, 39,700 is nowhere in the realm or anywhere close to 397,000. So that's even that's if we take the statistic that we were given in September and you know we for good measure we bump it up a few points. We bump it up 4 points from 6% to 10%. So we're saying 10% of the people who are dying who are labeled as coronavirus deaths are actually dying from coronavirus as is which is what the CDC said back in September. They said that 6% of people that are that have coronavirus deaths are actually dying from the virus. 3 94% are dying with the virus. So, you know, dying with heart attacks, from heart attacks, uh, strokes, cancer, heart disease, you know, the, all the big shit, tobacco, drunk driving, car crashes, getting shot in the face, but they had coronavirus, so it goes on to that, to that number. So 6% died from it, like they actually died from it, it was the cause of their death. Okay, so if, if, so if we up that to 10% in today's world... You know, we have 39,700 deaths in the country from coronavirus. Now, that does not sound like a pandemic to me. It's just, it's just wild to me that we're going into the lockdowns and we're, and we're killing jobs and we're killing the economy. All because of this? It's just fucking wild. Very wild. I was at the bar last night with a buddy of mine. It's 11 o'clock and the waitress hands, or the bartender hands me my bill. I was like, actually, I'm, I was about to order another drink. She says, well, uh, you know, Tom Wolf made it so we have to, we're not allowed to serve alcohol after 11 o'clock. I'm like, oh, fuck, I forgot about that. And she's like, yeah, we're, even, we're not even supposed to serve alcohol after you finish eating your food. But, you know, we, we let that slide. That's just fucking wild to me. Like, COVID doesn't come out before 11 p.m., right? COVID doesn't come out until after you finish eating your food. Over 39,700 deaths at the most in the United States in nine months from a, from a brand new virus. And most of those people were fucking old as shit. It's just something to think about. So that's what was really grinding my gears uh, this morning. Um, you know, watching MSNBC on the TV while I'm at the gym and it's just it's just annoying every tv at the gym is labeled it's always on some fucking news station just cuz that's what everybody wants to watch now is the the coronavirus death ticker go up and up and up and then how i wonder how many of you guys didn't know about the 6% stat from the cdc I say it all the time i don't get caught up in us domestic politics it's a big fucking distraction but a lot of people who had voted for biden were big you know, on the fact that he wanted to, you know, lock down the country and, you know, kill coronavirus and, and stuff like that. And, and and I get it. They're scared of the virus and, and they have every right to be scared because that's what the media has forced us to be. And I have no problem with people being scared. But those people were also the same people who went out and celebrated in the streets, not social distancing, when Biden was announced the winner of the election. So So that's where my big problem comes in is that you know, you you want such strict laws for everybody. You want the country to shut down and people to lose their jobs and the economy to shut down and us to pretty much go to shit. But at the same time, you're going out and celebrating. Now, I go out and, and socialize with people because I'm not scared of the virus. I never, I never 
was once uh, somebody saying that don't go around people make make sure you uh you wear fucking four masks and 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 you know don't go ride in the car with other people ride wear a mask in your car by yourself no that wasn't me i never said anything like that and i and i just kept living my life and here i am fine so yeah that was what was grinding my gears this morning but um yeah, today's episode we're gonna get into the, you know some some big conspiracy theories that that I find interesting and um and, you know I I would probably go into and in, in further down the line make give every one of these things I'm gonna list their own episode and we can move forth from there and that's a whole bunch of new content that we can make and again this isn't going to be strictly a conspiracy theory podcast I just like the re- the reaction that I got to the last episode on PizzaGate. And the uh, the amount of listens that I got, and the people that you know found it interesting, so I, I, I was gonna I'm gonna ride this wave for for another week, and then you know we'll break get into some more interesting topics, and I'll have some interesting guests on. But yeah, today we're gonna be talking about you know more conspiracy theories and and then more things that just don't add up and and that caused me to and that caused me to have some severe distrust in in our government and the people that actually run this fucking world. So let's dive right into it. Oh, uh, actually, before we dive right into it, um, I do have to say that as I was posting episode three about Pizzagate, um, I had uploaded it to Spotify and YouTube, and almost simultaneously to when the upload got finished processing on YouTube, I received an email from from YouTube saying that my podcast had been banned in or blocked in China and the Vatican um, and Italy. Uh, instantaneously, and for it said it said for copyright reasons, but I'm not exactly sure how that works. I mean, the only copyright um, infringement I could have possibly had was the George Carlin clip, but it was only about seven seconds, and it was relevant to the information that I was using, so it wasn't really copyright infringement. And also, I would think that if it was because of the George Carlin clip, um, it would have been banned in the United States as well, but it wasn't. So it was just a little bit weird that the Vatican had banned the episode, and you know, that Italy as a as a country bandit and uh china so yeah so let's dive into the episode and, and get into why i distrust the government according to some estimates we cannot track 2.3 trillion dollars in transactions okay and what you just heard there was actually secretary of defense under george w bush admitting that the department of defense had lost 2.3 trillion dollars um, $2.3 trillion went unaccounted for. Um, I, I wish I had a live studio audience here so I could so I could play this, you know, play devil's advocate here and, and, and I could ask you guys. Now, does anybody want to take a guess on what day that, that uh, Donald Rumsfeld made that announcement? Any guesses? What year? It was the Bush administration during the Bush's, one of Bush's uh, terms. Any year, take a guess a year, any year. Step right up. It was 2001, um, the month of September, and it was actually September 10th, 2001. Yeah, the day before the world changed forever. So yeah, you didn't think I was going to mention why the reasons why I don't trust the government or the, the people that run this world without bringing up 9-11, did you? Now, of course, I'm only 21 years old. I was uh, 9-11, I was... Two uh, when 9/11 happened, and uh, so so I don't remember any of it. I all I know from 9/11 is the all the the, the only personal accounts of 9/11 are, are the ones that I've had passed down to me through people who through family and people who've 
who were old enough to realize what was going on at the time. Now, that being said, I, I think that gives me a more of an unbiased look into 9-11 than most people. Because of the boom of patriotism that was born out of 9-11 and people who just rushed to the, to the call of their country's need. I didn't get to experience that call or the answer to the call or the, or the wanting to go and get justice for the, the evil deeds that were done to our country and to our people. You know, 2,977 lives were lost in 9-11. On 9-11. And, you know, let's... Let's not even, let's not even get into you know the the planes that were hitting the towers. All right, Let, let's get, let's go uh, a little bit deeper than that. We're going to go into uh, I'm going to speak, I'm going to speak about a man named Larry Silverstein. Larry Silverstein in the month of July, uh, July 24th actually in 2001, Larry Silverstein became the first ever owner of the World Trade Center. The World Trade Center used to be publicly owned. Um, Tax holder, taxpayers, and, and and stuff like that. But on July twenty fourth, two thousand and one, the lease was acquired by Larry Silverstein, and he immediately updated the insurance policy for the World Trade Center. He updated the policy to include a clause that protects the World Trade Center against terroristic acts. Now, this man he would have breakfast at the restaurant at the top of the towers. At the top of one of the towers, I forget which tower the restaurant was in. He would have breakfast at this top of the tower at the the Windows of the World restaurant, right? He would have breakfast. That, he would have breakfast there every single morning. But do you know which morning he didn't have breakfast there? Nine eleven. Well, nine eleven, he had apparently had a doctor's appointment that was urgent that he needed to attend to. Just months after he had taken out a, an insurance policy for. Terroristic acts. Now, you know what? You're right. That can just be a conspiracy theory. That can just be, you know, you know, you're connecting dots that aren't, and the picture is not really there. You're ma- you're making connections that don't exist, right? And and you're right. You know what? You're right. If this was the only thing weird to have happened involving 9/11, you're right. That would be me ma- making connections that probably don't exist. But let's move on, shall we? On 9-11, does anybody remember or know of World Trade Center Building 7? We don't really hear about that too much. I know growing up in a post-9-11 world, um, going to school, and they always you know, took the day 9-11 to, to, to teach you about what happened and give you the official story of what happened and, and, and give you all the facts, right? But nowhere, nowhere in my education or in listening to media talk about 9-11 or anything like that, nowhere nowhere to be found was the fact that a third building of that was part of the World Trade Center fell in New York City on 9-11. World Trade Center Building 7 fell as well as the Twin Towers. Now, you may ask, why did the World Trade Center Building 7 fall down and collapse? Well, I can tell you that it wasn't because of a plane. A plane didn't crash into the building and melt the steel beams, which jet fuel can't do. A plane didn't crash into Building 7. It just caught on fire. 
They called on fire, a structural fire, the same exact day as there was a terrorist attack on on the Twin Towers. The same exact day that Donald that Larry Silverstein decided to not have breakfast at the top of the towers like he did every single day. That same day is when Building 7 fell. Uh, there was There's an instance, you can find the clip on YouTube, where CNN is reporting that World Trade Center Building 7 is falling, and then, are, oh wait, never mind, it's, it, it's probably going to fall soon, as, as if anybody could possibly know that from, you know, just a structural fire. Especially when the fire department said they were pulling out of Building 7 because they, there was too much commotion going on at the actual Twin Towers. So, who told CNN that the building was going to collapse? We can also talk about, um, you know, the Pentagon. What happened at the Pentagon on 9-11? Well, the official story says that a plane also hit the Pentagon on 9-11. Although, the plane seems to have just, you know, evaporated into thin air. There were little... Bits and pieces of the plane still at the Pentagon, but, you know, the majority of the airplane just, you know, evaporated, disintegrated. Before your very eyes, it, it became non-existent. And then there's also the fact that the security camera footage of the plane hitting the building is nowhere to be found. Now, there is a security camera that was facing that direction, but for some reason, the footage went missing and nobody knows what happened to it. Well, if that ain't just a goddamn coincidence. You know, we could also go into the story about how they found the hijacker's passport amidst the rubble in New York City. So, they can't find what happened to the $2.3 trillion that they announced was lost the day before. They can't find the, the footage... Of the security cameras that where the plane crashed into the building, supposedly, it was probably most likely a missile that crashed into the building, but they say it was a plane. They can't find the security camera footage of that, but they did find the passport of the Muslim who had hijacked the plane to fly it into the World Trade Center. That's just that's just some great detective work right there. It, it's almost unbelievable. To know that you know they were able to sift through all that rubble and all that debris and that, all the dirt and dust and and find a passport. The passport didn't didn't burn up. The steel beams melted from jet fuel, but the passport didn't burn up. It managed to float and drift away in the air peacefully until it hit the ground and was very easy to find. Again, you can't make this shit up because if you made this shit up. Your story idea would be rejected. Your movie proposal would be thrown out of the window. Because the plot just doesn't add up. But yet, these are the official narratives that we believe as a people in America. And we choose to willingly accept and, and keep going on with our lives. And obey and vote and pay taxes. Despite some obvious fuckery going on. You know, And this, and this next thing right here, this is the biggest thing for me. Personally, when it comes to 9-11. Does anybody ever fucking think about 
how 9-11 went down, who was the mastermind behind it, and how he orchestrated this plan. Osama bin Laden was a middle-aged man, maybe a little bit more than middle-aged. Was a, he was he lived in a cave in Afghanistan, hidden in a, a, hidden in a cave in Afghanistan with 2001 technology. No, so he had 2001 technology, and you know he he his group was you know severely underpowered technologically in terms of advancement in weaponry. This is the man. Who, who was on dialysis, by the way, in that cave, who orchestrated the world's most complex and ingenious terrorist attack, the smartest diabolical plan that the world has ever seen, that's the man who did it. In a cave in Afghanistan, using cell phones and 2001 technology while on dial- dialysis and with 2001 internet connection, was able to infiltrate the world's most advanced country, the world's most advanced airspace, and kill 2,977 people. You know, I'm sorry, I just can't believe it. I just can't force myself to believe that that is what actually happened. It just seems asinine to, to actually believe that's what happened. But we ate it up as the public. Just like we're eating up covid and we're going to go to war with China over COVID, right? What happened after 9-11? The war on terror. How many lives on both sides were lost in the war on terror? How much money did we pour into the war on terror? It's almost sickening to know that this is this is what how we allow our lives to be dictated. This is how we allow the, the country that we live in to be, to be ran. We just willingly eat up whatever these government officials say, no matter how bizarre or how asinine or in, in ill-concocted their plan may be, we just eat it up. A man on dialysis in a cave in Afghanistan with 2001 internet connection and with a 2001 cell phone infiltrated American airspace. Just like in China, somebody ate a bat and then all of a sudden a big virus starts and it's highly contagious and people are dying and and you know China didn't do enough to prevent it from spreading so now we have to go and invade China and China 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 I mean if you there's patterns here right there's patterns patterns here you know uh, World War Two the United States is peacefully minding its own business you know we have one of the strongest militaries in the world and then what happens Japan just out of nowhere decides to bomb Pearl Harbor because that makes sense. And then we just go to World War II and, and you know, that's how we justify going to war. Every time the, the every time that the U.S. government wants to go to war with somebody or, you know, fuck somebody's day up in another country, basically, it always comes at the expense of the American people. Innocent American people are always going to die because of a thing called... A false flag attack. A false flag attack is when a government will commit acts of terror against its own people and say it was somebody else. They play mind games with their own citizens. 
That's how much they respect us and care about us and, and, and care about our well-being and mental health. And if you don't believe me, well, I'm going to talk about my next reason why I distrust the government. Another false flag attack. This re- reason happens to not be an executed false flag, but a proposed false flag. In uh, 1962, under the Kennedy administration, the CIA had proposed to President Kennedy that they should stage a terror attack in Florida. Stage a terror attack in Florida and kill innocent American citizens and blame it on the Cubans. They were going to use this terror attack, this fake terror attack that real American citizens were going to die in. They were going to use that and the outrage generated by that as grounds to invade Cuba and get public approval on invading Cuba. That's, it's it's sickening, right? It's, it's very sickening to think about that, you know, the people who were, who are supposed to protect us, who we give up all, we as a people give up all of our power and give it to these people in the government who whose jobs are supposed to be to protect us from evil, right? To protect us from wrongdoings and evil and, from, and to keep us safe. That's hardly ever the case. Hardly, hardly ever the case. And you know, it kind of touches on what I was talking about in the last episode when I had mentioned that Kennedy was the last president to actually give a shit about us. I was just searching the internet to see if I could find the the quote, the exact quote from the, from the speech that Kennedy gave after the Bay of Pigs invasion in 61. The failed, the disastrous Bay of Pigs invasion. And basically, after the Bay of Pigs invasion... Kennedy was so pissed off and so distraught, and he went out. He went out to give a speech and, and you know to the public about the Bay of Pigs invasion. And well, he was pissed off. He he went in in the speech. He went on to say that he wants to splinter the CIA into a thousand pieces and scatter it into the winds. And then then a year later, in '62, the CIA tries to force him to to enact a te- act of terror on his own people and the American people. And he famously declined. I mean, not famously, because not many people know about the Operation Northwoods and how the, the CIA wanted to kill American people, people like you and me. And that's what Kennedy hated, and that's what he hated the most about the CIA, is because they, they were their own entity. They could do whatever the hell they wanted, and, the, and, and there was nothing that the president could do to stop it. And... And Kennedy was really the first president to try and stop it. And we all know how that played out. As for who killed Kennedy... I don't think it's worth getting into who exactly did it. If I have to say who I... Who who I would... Who I would guess did it... Based on um, the book I I Heard You Paint Houses... And the movie that was made after it, made out in the movie that was made out of the book I heard you paint houses. Um, it's about a hitman for the mob, Frank Sheeran, and uh, their their role in the Jimmy Hoffa murder, but also their role in getting Kennedy elected and and all the shit that the mob had to do had to do with Cuba and how the CIA sent the, the mob into Cuba to. To an attempt to kill Castro, and they told them as reward for killing or attempting to kill Castro, they would get their casinos in Cuba back, 
and they would be able to make money off the casinos in Cuba again. And then, and then you know, Kennedy started pushing back against the CIA, and the CIA, and it, it would just make perfect sense to me that the CIA would have the mob take out Kennedy. And the mob theory is, has been a theory for a while now, and a lot of people think, well, it's because Kennedy's dad was a was a gangster. Kennedy's dad was a gangster. He's a bootlegger, and um, and stuff like that. And and it, it it is all of that. In in my opinion, if if the mob did kill Kennedy, it would have been the CIA twisting them around and and you know playing mind games and instilling the fact into the mob that Kennedy was bad for their business, right? And especially Bobby Kennedy, his brother. Uh, you can get it all. You can get all into how. The, the the mob and Senator Bobby Kennedy were would clash all the time, and the mob hated. Really, they really hated Bobby Kennedy. They didn't really hate JFK, but as a result of not getting in getting control of his brother and and who was stepping out of line in in the eyes of the mob, they eventually started to blame Kennedy, and Kennedy's dad. To, to be honest, because of already established connection between Kennedy's dad and the mob from Kennedy's dad's years as a bootlegger. So it's a, so yeah, the mob and Kennedy and, and the CIA were all in bed together. And it just, it, in my mind, it does make sense that the mob would have killed Kennedy. Under the, or, under the order of, of, the, of the CIA. And that's what I'm getting into is if there was ever going to be a president... That was that was against the CIA and actually wanted to help the the people. Well, there wouldn't be, right? Uh, and I'm, I'm looking at an article on my screen right now, and I mentioned this before last week. Actually, um, I mentioned this last week as well about how the election in 2016 and in the primaries and the Democratic primaries was stolen from B- Bernie Sanders, right? Because Bernie Sanders is famously he's anti-establishment. Trump says he's anti-establishment, but Bernie Sanders actually is anti-establishment, or was actually anti-establishment. Bernie Sanders was the only... Bernie Sanders is a Jew, and he's the only politician that I remember in recent years standing up to Israel. Bernie Sanders is famously, famously, famously against the CIA. That's the article I have up on my computer right now, is comparing Kennedy and Sanders together because of their intense hatred of the CIA. You know, I think Bernie really sold out after 2016 and and uh, and what what had happened to him and how he had the the election stolen from him. And you know, I think he really could have beat Trump, and they knew that. But I I think they wanted to use Trump as a as a pawn to get people into the mindset that they're into today uh, and to cause chaos like the world has been in for for the last four years and. And, you know, now it's all set up for, for Biden to take office in four days. And a lot of people think Biden's the next coming of Jesus Christ. And I think that's what they wanted us to see. So now we're all we're in such turmoil here in the United States with between COVID and threats from China and, and you know, uh, the economy collapsing that we're all, well, that the majority of the citizens are going to look to Biden and they're going to look at him and they're going to, to, to want him to do something to bring us out of this hole that we're in. What happens every time we're in a big hole? In the 30s, before the 40s, what was the big thing that happened? Well, it was the Great Depression. And how did we get out of the Great Depression? We went to war in World War II. And well, it's looking like 
World War Three is on the horizon now, and they have masterfully executed their plan to get us into this hole and to get us desperate to get out of this hole. And we'll do anything it takes, even if it means going and killing Chinese people, going and killing brown people, and going and killing Russians. Because, quite honestly, they don't give a fuck about us. They don't give a fuck about you or your kids that are going to be drafted into the war. Or me. You know, I lost all this fucking weight just in time to be drafted into the fucking World War III. Which is almost inevitable. Alright? So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on into, to my last point of the day here. And um, my a third big example for as a, of a reason... As to why I do not trust the government to have our best interests at heart. Well, it's going to be the Tuskegee experiments. And it's a funny thing, actually. I was at the bar. I mentioned I was at the bar last night. And um, we're all leaving the bar because, uh, you know, they kick you out at, at midnight. They stop serving alcohol at 11. So everybody's uh, standing outside, you know, getting ready to go to their cars. A couple people are smoking cigarettes outside. And, you know, the, the, the outdoor TV is still on at the bar. On the midnight news, they're talking about how black people are becoming reluctant to get the vaccine for the coronavirus. And then this one drunk dude who was standing there, he's like, well, yeah, that's because the last time y'all forced black people to get a vaccine, they all got fucking syphilis. And I I just smiled because I'm so glad that somebody had the balls to say it out loud and knew about that shit. It, it was pretty awesome to hear somebody say that in, in public and, you know... So yeah, he was talking about the Tuskegee experiment where the United States and the CDC gave a bunch of black dudes syphilis and refused to treat them for it. What cracks me up is the uh, the official name of the, of the Tuskegee experiment. And I always think... Get confused with the Tuskegee experiment and think of the Tuskegee Airmen... And I, I, I don't know why I always get confused with that. But, uh, but the official name of the Tuskegee experiment was the Tuskegee Study of Untreated Syphilis in the Negro Male. So basically they wanted to study syphilis and its effects. And ended up infecting a bunch of people who didn't already have syphilis. And then refusing to treat them for years. And, and it went on for years and years until the 70s. And, and now it, it, it's just like some big deal. Like the, the fucking... The government is actually making up, like, campaigns to get black people on board with the COVID vaccine. And they, because they realize that black people are reluctant to get it. And a lot of the inner cities, you know, they don't trust the government. They're not, they're not scared of the coronavirus. Life in Detroit is a lot scarier than fucking COVID-19. Life in North Philly is a lot scarier than COVID-19. And that's what a a lot of people fail to, to recognize is, you know, the government wants to paint this picture of like the typical person who's against the the coronavirus vaccine or who doesn't believe in that the coronavirus is so or is as bad as the, as they say it is and it's always usually like the 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 picture that they paint is always usually like a maga supporter and somebody who's you know like like a redneck and, and a dumb redneck and rarely do they ever talk about how like the urban community the 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 low income inner city communities that are mainly black or or minorities are also big skeptics and, and, and people who are reluctant to accept and just lay down and accept whatever the government tells them. 
And now they're starting to see it as a problem. New Yorker magazine made a, a, a fucking op-ed talking about how big of a problem it is that black people don't want to get the vaccine. A rich white liberal magazine telling the black community what their problem is. I wonder how they feel about that. I wonder where they get the balls think that they can tell the black community what their problem is, right? And so that's what I mean. This is why I have absolutely zero trust in the government. Because of the things that they've clearly demonstrated in the past. Things that don't add up, like 9-11. Things that they've got caught in the act doing, like Operation Northwoods. And you can go and see all the declassified documents from the FBI. Uh, They're readily available for free about Operation Northwoods. You can go and search. Hopefully you use DuckDuckGo and you... You can search for these things. You can search for Operation Northwoods, and you'll find a lot of information, um, good information on on the topics that's readily available if you use DuckDuckGo. Google, you, you'll find it, but you have to search through lots and lots of pages to be able to find it. Google, like I said last episode, Google does not is Google is not your friend if you're wanting to find the truth about anything. So uh, yeah, if you want to research into the Tuskegee. Experiments. You want to research into Operation Northwoods, or do some research into the, the, the into, or do some research into the 9/11 Truth Movement. You know, hop right on DuckDuckGo and, and and search your little heart out, and you know, find that information, and make up your own opinion, and, and and see what you actually think, as and compare it to what you were taught to believe as a child. And that's and I guess that's the biggest goal of this podcast. This this podcast as a whole, I should say. The goal of this podcast is to you know, promote not only free speech, but the freedom of ideas, the freedom of thinking, the freedom to think and formulate you know, new ideas and, or your own original ideas instead of being forced to only know the information that the school system and the governments have deemed you worthy of knowing. Because there's a boatload of information out there that we don't have access to unless you really dig deep for it, that they don't teach you in school um, because it's quote unquote dangerous information, and I like I said I did want to get the the quote of Kennedy, the clip of Kennedy saying that he wanted to shatter the CIA into a thousand pieces, and that but that exact clip it seems has been removed from YouTube everywhere. Um, I can't seem to find it anywhere on the internet, so I do apologize. I really do wish I had that clip, but yeah, I, that's in a nutshell those three topics that I mentioned today are, are pretty much in a nutshell why why I don't have any trust at all for the United States government or any government in particular. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to be a skeptic and to criticize every piece of official information that I am ever given because to me that's the only way to live. Based on the atrocities that these people that are in control of our lives, based on the things that they had planned to do and were caught doing and it's the only way you can live. It's the only logical way to live instead of just accepting and, and obeying and conforming to whatever they say. So this brings us to the end of episode four. And, you know, it's been a good episode. And I, I really love promoting, you know, free thinking and free speech and the freedom of ideas with you guys. And um, hopefully we can get some lot, a lot more cool topics in. And like I said last episode, if you have a topic that you think it would be interesting to hear me talk about, please do comment it. If you're on YouTube, you can find me on Twitter. If you want to find me on Twitter, um, you can always DM me anywhere. Anywhere you're able to DM me, DM me. I'm gonna um, next episode. I'll have an email. 
a specific email for the show where um and I'll and I'll give you guys that information and uh you know you can make suggestions or comments or compliments if you if you could if you would be so kind about the show and um and yeah we're going to keep keep on producing content and keep on getting better with each ev- each and every episode and you know hopefully you know keep growing and 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 promoting free thinking and free speech and free and free thoughts and free ideas i'm hoping to get some more guests on soon and hoping to get this podcast musical intro in soon and uh, and yeah so I, I really enjoy talking to you guys and at you guys and, and enlightening you guys keep on keeping on remember that we are all gods out here and have a wonderful day